With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare when you buy kroger brand products you feel like you're winning that's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices in fact We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Oh, yes, living the dream once again on a fabulous Saturday. Hartman and Schwartz with you from the Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, To say that we have a potpourri of sports activity would be the understatement of the century. Jeff, how are you? Now, Jeff, here's the thing about Jeff Schwartz. Yes. So, missed you last week, by the way, Jeff. Sorry, I was... as. I just couldn't do it. I was in Dallas helping my buddy. It just it wasn't going to work. But I'm glad to be back, though. It's great to have you back. Now, I never know where Jeff's going to be. He's coast to coast, folks. I mean, <laughs> normally his hub is in Carolina, but he's a SoCal guy. Uh, and you're back in SoCal. I am. Very nice. I like that. Am I going to see you next week, Jeff? What do you think? You you will see me next nice. Saturday. I'm actually closer to your house now than you are to your own house. <laughs> Thank you. Which very is pretty much. funny. I'm in uh, I'm in beautiful Carlsbad. We come here. My parents have a timeshare, and and uh, we come here once a year. Except the only the only complaint I have is that it's like never hot enough to go in the pool. Like my kids will do no matter what, and it's a very I get it. It's a very bougie complaint, right? Because I'm in Carlsbad. I'm at the Four Seasons. I'm like it's fantastic. It's great. But it's like 65 degrees. Right. And so That's what it, he is. That's just, why he's saying he is the best. It, it never gets too agree. hot. And when I was, you know, when I was in Southern California and West LA the last couple of days, I walked outside. You feel the breeze, the offshore breeze. You feel the sun, but it's not too hot, right? But it's not, it's so it's, it's just perfect and you feel good. But then I'm in two and a half hours of traffic going down the five yesterday and I realized why yes. I don't like to be here very often but nonetheless i'm glad to be here i'm glad to talk sports and you're right we have so much to talk about normally it's just football so i like to branch out we have a lot of other topics other sports going on right now and we actually have nba playoffs Mm. at this exact moment and of course it's just an easter conference game that is the most boring game possible because that feels like a lot of what this conference has to offer most years in the playoffs if lebron is not in the east all right so let's uh let's start with a little nba talk right now because let's face it folks the NBA screwed up big time with the play-in tournament. 
And why do they screw up in the play-in tournament? Because you put one of the few players that actually gets eyeballs and you took him out of the playoffs where under the old format, he would have been in the playoffs. A Utah-Memphis series, unless you are a diehard Jazz fan or a Grizzlies fan, is going to get no eyeballs. But if you had had a Utah-Golden State matchup because Steph Curry's on the court, the league's leading scorer, who had a historic season this year, even if they were to get swept, the possibility of him reigning in threes. Look, Jeff, you got about five players in this league, maybe that moved the needle. Five. And he's one of them. So by taking him out of what would have been a first-round series for him against Utah is a disaster. You are going to get no numbers for Utah-Memphis. It becomes a zero series. And this argument that the NBA made about, you know, well, this way you get teams aren't tanking or they're not doing this, I got news for you. Teams were tanking over the last couple of days. Teams were holding out players all over the, the place. The Clippers tanked. Everybody, there were a lot of teams that <laughs> tanked. Denver tanked their last game because they didn't want a certain matchup. Lakers, so yeah. it didn't change anything. And even if teams are tanking at the end of the year, nobody's watching regular season yeah. basketball. If you're the networks, you're rolling the dice that you're going to get some dynamic postseason basketball, and that's predicated on intriguing players on the court Correct. because the NBA is the one league where it's never about the teams. It's always about the individual players. It really began with Magic jo- I mean, excuse me, with Michael Jordan, the spotlight on the individual, and you just took out Steph Curry. You just took him out of what would have been a guaranteed slot as an eight seed against Utah to suddenly put some spice into an otherwise meaningless opening round series, and you just took him out. Great job, NBA. So I feel like I'm the consumer the NBA is trying to to have watched more often, right? Mm -hmm. I like basketball. I've always liked basketball. Um, You know, my favorite team is the Lakers, and I'm on the East Coast, so it's hard to watch them as much during the regular season, but but they want someone like me to watch Utah play Golden State, right? Like they're, they're right. trying to get me to like who's a football guy who also loves baseball, who has young kids, who's busy with family, busy with work, to be like, you know what? I gotta sit down and watch Utah play Golden State, right? I, I want to watch Steph Curry play. That I I believe I'm the person who the NBA with their new scheduling is trying to get right because the the diehard fans are going to watch. Right, the fringe fans, yeah, you're probably gonna watch the Lakers and and the Sixers, like you know, kind of like the big teams, right? And Steph Curry, right? And Steph Curry. And I said this from from, from the beginning. The playing tournament to me seemed very foolish. People say, well, look at the big numbers it brought in. Yeah, that's one game with the Lakers and the Warriors. Imagine if there were seven games mm-hmm. with the Lakers and Warriors playing each other, right? Like that's the point. Is that if you have your superstars play in these playoff games, you're gonna get more attention to the league and for me as a again someone who i got the game on right now i'll be watching it today but i'm in san diego got my kids around like i would sit in front of a tv probably if it was steph curry instead of watching the grizzlies play no john morant is exciting had a good game yesterday i'm not taking anything away from them but they also were the nine seed right the warriors did finish eighth in the old system that got them into the playoffs so to me again the the playoff excuse me the playing tournament sounds good Sound good on paper. You got one great game with amazing ratings. But in the end, Grizzlies, Jazz, sorry, Grizzly Jazz fans, 
That's not appetizing. No, I mean, it always comes down to risk-reward, like you say. Risk-reward. Well, they were rewarded by a Golden State Lakers game that went down the stretch. LeBron plays hero by hitting that miraculous three-point shot. But then what was the risk? The risk was that suddenly, by losing that game, you had the possibility that Golden State, even though they were on their home court, could actually lose. And guess what? They lost. Bye-bye Steph Curry before the playoffs even begin. And he was one of the great stories in the NBA carrying this team down the stretch on his shoulders with, you know, you know, no Clay Thompson and and just a lot of dynamic to get the Warriors back in the mix. A Warriors team that was in the finals five straight years. A Warriors team that gets eyeballs because of Steph Curry. And you just took him out. So yeah, and, wonderful, just look, a disaster and, for this league. And look, people will say, "Well, you know, they had a, they, they lost two games in a row." Fair enough, but guys, you realize one of their losses was to the the favorite in the Western Conference, and it was an overtime <laughs> game that took plenty out of them. Remember like, that game was at Staples Center, so they have a late game Wednesday. That goes overtime. I know it was late because I was past my bedtime because normally, as you know, I have to get up so early to do my morning radio show. So I stayed up to the very end, obviously, of that game. And then they go home, but <laughs> they 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 were in a deep hole early in the game against Memphis. They had to try to come back. They did come back very late in that game and couldn't finish the job, and then they lose in overtime. Yeah. So, I mean, again, risk-reward. How much did you really gain one big night of ratings for one game? You just lost Steph Curry for, at the very least, a best-of-seven series against Utah in the opening round. I'm I, I'm with you. Um, I, I will say, NBA fans, I, I don't know, Steve, if there's anyone – who defends their league more than NBA fans defend their league? Like NFL oh, people, will be like, and they're die. And my and, son is one of those. And, you know, my son Garrett is he lives, breathes everything NBA. Period. They, they defend their league to the death, man. Like yeah. I, I mean, NFL fans will be like, yeah, Goodell, yeah, he screwed that up, or this team screwed that up. Man, NBA fans go hard. They are, they are, they come up. I mention anytime you mention anything bad about the NBA, and again. I don't dislike the NBA. Like I'm an NBA fan. I'm going to watch a lot of the playoffs, but I'm just like I'm, I'm not sure that like that's you want to have your better players out. Like no, you, you don't, don't want your better players out. You want your best players in the biggest spotlight, which is the postseason. And again, how many NBA players seriously move the needle? Like okay, I got to see this guy. Steph Curry is on that very short list. He would have been under the, in the playoffs under the old format. Now he's out of the playoffs yeah. with the play-in tournament. But by the way, I lean on Jeff here, ladies and gentlemen, because he's a man that has been known to place a wager or two. Oh, yeah. Now, we know you're heavily into football. We know you, you'll you have baseball. And we got plenty of baseball we're going to get to today. What about these NBA playoffs? Yeah, I, I got the Lakers at plus 450 to win the title. That Now they've moved. I think I saw the consensus was like plus 280 today. Um, to look, win it all. Yeah, 450. It's a seven seed. By the way, I believe they are the first time in an opening round series that a seven seed is not only favored over the two seed, like they are overwhelming favorites against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I um, they're overwhelming favorites. Um, Look, I I think that it's very clear that if LeBron and AD are healthy, yeah, even with their supporting cast, they're not shooting threes terribly well this year. But if they are, they're almost unbeatable, right? So, well, they added Andre and, Drummond, who obviously right. is an uh, upgrade for them in the middle. Uh, they've, they've only had Drummond with AD and LeBron for 
two games this year. Yeah. So you figure a little more time is yeah. only going to help so that dynamic. I, I think you're, you're dealing with this on both sides, right? The Lakers yeah. and the Nets, both obviously the most talented teams. Right. I think top to bottom. Now the Clippers obviously have have very talented players, but they're the Clippers. You've known the Clippers for as long as as, as, I, as I have. Um, I don't trust the Clippers ever. Like they've they've never shown in their entire franchise history. And I know that oh, it's every year is different. Well, is it really? Because the bad teams and the teams that kind of choke all the time always stay choking, right? Always stay not living up to expectations. I don't believe in the Clippers. I mean, maybe with the coaching change, they're they're up to the task. I just. Steve, I, I don't believe in them. Like, I kind of have to see it before I believe. I, I'm going to tell you, Jeff. So we were asked here at Fox Sports Radio to fill out, you know, our predictions for mine. the playoffs. I did yeah. mine this morning as well. I got Dallas upsetting the Clippers in the first round. They yeah. played last year. It was a six-game <laughs> series. But, you know, the Clippers, I do like the Clippers in this sense. Like, you know, could Paul George be any worse than he was last year in the playoffs? I hope not for the Clippers' sake. And I do like the Rondo dynamic. I think that replacing Lou Williams or Rondo as far as postseason basketball, that's an upgrade. Um, but there's something like you just said about the Clippers where they're just certain teams that are just destined to be that team that will underachieve, never really fulfill their promise, even with a Kawhi Leonard, who is obviously a guy that has an incredible pedigree when it comes to postseason basketball. Yeah, but in my bracket – I. I picked the Mavericks to beat the Clips first round. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I did that. I think I kind of just went mostly chalk because that's, you know, in the NBA, right. I feel like in the end, that's kind of what well, you get. Well, it's a four or five matchup. So, yeah. Lot of, yeah. Uh, and so, um, again, to me, in the Western Conference, the Jazz are a great story. The Suns are a great story. But are you telling me that, again, a healthy LeBron, and look, there's a lot of wear and tear this year, right? They had the shortest offseason of any sports in history, right? I mean, yep. it's the shortest ever. So they dealt with some injuries. But LeBron said basically, like, look, I kind of just took it easy when I could have come back. We, we kind of all felt that down the stretch. Um, luckily, Adam Silver did not make him go on the 10-day, like, quarantine for being at a tequila party, which everyone knew he was never going to get quarantined. Um, and again, because of the length of the series, Steve, if this is a five-game series as it used to be, okay, maybe we have some more. But seven-game series, man, you got to beat the Lakers four out of seven times mm-hmm. in any of these series, obviously, to advance. That's hard to do if you're the Suns. It's hard to do if you're any team in the NBA outside of probably the Nets. So, to me, it's I go. I went very chalk. I went Brooklyn, and I went L.A. in the finals. I took the Lakers as a Lakers fan. Um, but I just feel I feel like it's very chalky. I, I just think in the end, especially with the Nets, right? Now, they've played, is it two games or three games now with kind of their big three all together? And... My biggest concern with Brooklyn, and I, I wonder if you feel the same way, is out of the, the, the big three, Durant's the guy at the end of the game, right? If there's right. one guy to get the ball, it's Durant. Do they know that yet? Well, like, are they are they ready well, for Dur- that? I'll put the, it this way. This? Durant will remind them, just like he reminded when he joined Golden State <laughs> with the two-time MVP, Steph Curry. You may be the MVP. I'm the guy. Okay? Right. And, so, and so that's that- – uh, yeah, Durant will uh, not even give an option to Harden and Irving when it comes to who's taking the shot at the end of the game. Okay, so – but but that's my biggest concern yeah. is, like, are they ready for that? Like, okay. Well, we'll see. We, you know, and, and – okay, but again, in a seven-game series, mm-hmm. in the first round – they have plenty of time to figure it out. And, like, that's the thing about the NBA playoffs is I, I don't think they should change the, the distance, I mean, the amount of games. I'm fine with the way it is. But, you know, you can have two losses. You can have mm-hmm. three losses. We saw last year, in, you know, in the, in the playoffs, the Lakers, like, they had one game 
every series where it's like, oh, geez. Yeah. What are they What are they doing? And they just got blown out. And, Look, I mean, and, and like two. you said, the better team over uh, best four out of yeah. seven, which every round is, obviously, uh, usually is going to come out on top. So we're going to have much more as far as the NBA playoffs are concerned. Just going to have some fearless picks. Good teams to pick in the opening round of these series. But I want to get to baseball. I want to get a little baseball in today as well. And we're old school meets new school. This is a big question moving forward for Major League Baseball. The infusion of a new school mentality to shove old school off the page. But there's one major holdout right now. We'll tell you about it coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz with you on this Saturday. John Ramos on the board today. Did not expect to see John this morning, nor did John expect to be here this morning. <laughs> That's but as so often happens, true, you always have to expect the unexpected, my friend. You that know is that. correct. Yeah, we've yeah. seen plenty of that over the years. But it's always sure. good to see you. You are uh, the shining spot of 
what I do when I come in and on, on the weekends. You know, Jeff, uh, John and I, long history, long history. Many, 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 many shows over the years. John so. was in when I was in. I mean, it's ago. unbelievable. When you show up, all of a sudden, John Ramos <laughs> gets the phone call. It, uh, what, ungodly Jeff hours. Schwartz is in? I'll take that Saturday. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we got a story brewing right now at the PGA Golf Championship. You know, a lot of people say, no, Tiger, who cares? And I would say for a lot of people, I understand that. But we have a story going. So Phil Mickelson was tied for the lead after two rounds. And a lot of people felt like, all right, you know, Phil's past the age of 50. He's uh, the oldest golfer ever to win a major golf championship was your all-time Hall of Famer, Julius Burroughs, back in the 1968 PGA. He was 48 years old. He looked about 70 at the time. But anyway, Phil Mickelson, after three holes, he started the day Tied for the lead, he now has a three-shot lead after three holes. Oh yeah! So Louis stays in bogey to hole. That was that was his second shot on a par four. So he had the tap in. So he tapped that in to get his second birdie in a row. So Phil Mickelson goes to the fourth hole right now with a three-shot lead. And again, if he were to win the PGA, he would be the oldest golfer yeah. ever. To win a major golf championship, so that's a that could be a pretty cool story tomorrow. He looks good, man. And this is a tough course, and I think oh. um, you know having the the savvy mm-hmm. that he can play with and the different shots he can do. Uh, obviously, everyone can have those shots, but you know, the precision with which he shoots with, that's great on a course like this with, with all the wind, oh. with 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 the bunkers, mm. the waste bunkers everywhere, um, uh, and just the just the way this course is playing. This is a this is a hard course. I, it's it's hard. Right? Yeah, it's, I mean, for you and I, we we you would not enjoy yourself. First of all, the length uh, of this course—it's the longest course ever used for Steve, a major I, golf championship. I barely enjoy myself playing a municipal course exactly. in Charlotte. I just do it because I like having a cigar in the middle of the day with my friends. Like, Thank I don't, you. Like I, I don't I don't really go because I'm I'm that terribly good at golf. Um, but yeah, I mean, today would be would be so frustrating for any average golfer. I think what makes golf so fun to watch and so appealing to me, obviously, everyone can make you know the, 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 watching the best play is fantastic at any right. sport. But you know, it's the only sport where sometimes they look like we do. Oh like, yeah, like every now and then they shake a ball. You're like, oh yeah, I did that last week. Um, I can relate to that. Well, um, I, I was talking to the. <laughs> I was watching with my son. So you know, I, I'm the old 5'11", 185 pound guy, right? But my my boys, my my youngest is like six three, two o five, and my older one is like six two, two fifteen. Okay, I mean, these are big size guys, yeah. and we're watching these golfers are like five nine, 150 pounds, blasting the ball three hundred twenty yards, three hundred thirty yards. So I'm like, guys, play more golf. I'm telling you, go out to the range, man. That's what I was doing at we're, your age we're taking my son to a uh, a golf camp in a couple of weeks he's yeah. like super pumped this is his first time um golfing he really wanted to do a golf camp so yeah um uh hopefully he enjoys it and we'll get him into some look if he it's wants a to great golf, golf it's more. a but great yeah. game i mean you can play it forever by the way speaking of old school new school so there you got so an old school story could be a great story as far as golf is concerned, if Phil Mickelson were to win the PGA oh, Championship yeah. this weekend. I'll tell you where old school is not working right now is Major League Baseball. So Major League Baseball is desperate to get new eyeballs. And we saw this a year ago in San Diego where the Padres suddenly emerged where no one's ever taken notice of them before. Sort of a sexy team because of Fernando Tatis Jr., and what he brought was not just the fact that he was an insanely talented young player, 
but he had some showmanship. I mean, he was spectacular in the field. You know, he would drop the bat, a little bat flip, a little shimmy out there. And some old school baseball people were just horrified. But Major League Baseball realized, no, 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 no. We need more of that because we have got to somehow get a younger dynamic to watch our game. So in the offseason, as Major League Baseball is promoting 2021 coming off the COVID year, they're promoting players like Fernando Tatis Jr. We got a new attitude, new attitude. Oh, yeah. We got a new school rules. All those old school rules are out. Well, there is a holdout, a big time holdout. And that is the 76-year-old manager who's in the Hall of Fame for the Chicago White Sox, Tony La Russa. Now, if you missed this, what happened was is that Mercedes, Yerman Mercedes of the White Sox. And by the way, let's, let's make this note. The White Sox, at least going into today's game, they're getting shelled by the Yankees right now, had the best record in the American League. But Mercedes comes in in a game against Minnesota. And minutes, it's a blowout game. It's one of those blowout games where suddenly you have a position player pitching, it was 15 right? 15 to 4, I believe. Right. It's 15 to 4. You're not going to waste any more pitchers. So you just want to get through the game. You throw a, a, a position player out to pitch. And it's a 3 0 pitch, right? This guy is not a pitcher, obviously, and he's just trying to get it over the plate. And on a 3 0 pitch, Mercedes rockets it, hitting a home run. And. Immediately, the next time Mercedes was up, he gets beamed. Or the, you know, the, you know, the, they, they, he, the guy missed, but sure, he threw behind him. He threw behind him. Yeah. So, what happened with Mercedes' manager? Well, first of all, Tony LaRusso called him out for hitting that home run on a 3 0 pitch against a position player and then compounded that by defending the Twins for actually throwing at one of his players. Now, you want to lose a locker room or a clubhouse quick, but I want to read a line for you to show you, to illustrate exactly where LaRusa stands. So Lance Lynn, one of the best pitchers in baseball, right? He's now on the White Sox. And when he was asked about the whole home run situation off a position player, he said, there are no rules when a position player is pitching, adding, the more I play this game, the more of those unwritten rules have gone away. Tony LaRusso responded to these comments by his own pitcher by saying, Lance has a locker. I have an office. Oh, I don't agree. Meaning you're a player. I'm running the show. Yeah. So where are we going with this right now, Jeff? Well, the last the last thing was that Larusa apologized, of course, because his players probably pulled him aside and was like, "Dude, what do you, do you have our back or not?" Right? Even if you disagree with the with the three with the three zero swing, you can say, "Hey, you know, I disagree with that. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll have a talk about about that." And like that's the end of it, right? And then when he throws behind your guy, you say, "Hey, that was bush league." And you defend your baseball player. Now, the throw behind wasn't in his head, right? Which is what Larusa said. Larusa also was like, "Oh, that's a sinker that got away." I was like, "Yeah, seven feet behind the guy, sinker. Yeah, really got away there." Um, uh, so he was clearly thrown at his guy. Um, and look, here's the thing: baseball is desperate for young people to love their game. Yes, and it's very. Look, I am a big baseball fan. I've watched a ton more this year because the Giants are really good. Uh, it can be excruciatingly boring for a guy who I love. I love pitchers duels even like I like watching good pitching. And that was a fun clip to watch. The ball was, he threw the ball 49 miles an hour. Yes. And 
Mercedes crushed it. You know how hard it is to hit a ball 400 feet that goes 49 miles an hour? Right. Like, those are those plays that get shared on Twitter, on social media, and you're, you know, respect the game. They had a position player pitching. The respect of the game, to Lance Lynn's point, is over at that point. It's done at that point. There's no respect in the game when you have a, a position player pitching. And, guys, we have to let these guys have fun. And I think we have to look at the players, right? And and a good example was was Trevor Bauer last night. Trevor Bauer was thrown against uh, the Giants. He's a Dodger. And that, that rivalry has been kind of distinct, uh, extinct, whatever the word is. I can't yes. remember. Uh, for, for like six or seven years. How about, now, how about dormant? Dormant. There we go. Yeah. Been dormant for, for years now. The Dodgers have been really good. The Giants have been bad. And now they're both good. And last night, Trevor Bauer went into Oracle Park and – Taunted the Giants fans, taunted the players, just blew fastballs by them. And look, I hate the Dodgers. And I was like, good for Bauer, man. Like, we had some emotion in this game. We have a villain in this game. Mm-hmm. And guess what? If someone were to hit a home run off him and and pimp the home run, he'd, he'd clap. Like, good job, that's buddy. That's what like, he did. I like, mean, he got he's showed done, up he's by. Done that. He's and done like, that. That's, but that, to me, is what baseball needs to transition to, right? It needs to allow its players to, 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 um, to, to, to handle the quote-unquote underwritten rules, right? The players want to move off of them, Tony LaRussa, then move off of the underwritten rules. Right? If your players are okay and the Twins players are okay with that happening in the game, then you need to listen to your players and you need to listen to what they're saying and you need to take their side of this, right? Now, if if everyone on the, on, 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 on the White Sox is like, you know what? I didn't like it, which is not true, right? Because Tim Anderson came out and said, you know, good for you, buddy. Lance Lynn, obviously. I get it if everyone was like, he did the wrong thing. Okay, La Russa's going to – but everyone liked what happened on that play. Right. It and was that's the fun. thing about, about La Russa's being so out of touch is, is if I was a player in that clubhouse and my manager did that or my coach said that, man, I'd lose respect for them. I mean, look, La Russa's a Hall of Famer. That team's in first place, by the way. They're playing – they're actually playing good baseball. Um and it's just, man, to hear that and your manager, you know, he doesn't have your back. It'd be very frustrating. Um, but, man, pimp your home runs. Uh, you talked about Tatis. I think he had one last night, right, where he, like, yeah. flipped the bat. Like That's like, it. Like, to have, have fun. And, again, the pitchers in Major League Baseball now, this is how they grew up, right? They grew up in, a, in, a, in an era of the sport where players show more emotion, where they pimp the home runs, where we, where there's trash talking more. So if the players are okay with it, then the manager, especially the older managers, need to adjust their way of coaching and thinking about the game and and be in line with their players. All right, let's. Uh, well, uh, by the way, you mentioned Giants Dodgers playing this weekend. Padres have won seven straight games, three best records in the National League right now. West Coast yeah. teams. We'll get a little bit into that, but first, let's find out what's trending right now. Someone that I've known so long, and I'm, I'm curious with the answer to this question, Ralph Irvin. Yes, because I've known you on both sides of the fence on this one. But when you when you think of sports in general, are you progressive? Are you new school, old school? Do you hang on to certain things, or are you open to new possibilities? How do you generally view sports making progress, or what they think is progress? Yes. Thank you. There it is. There's no. The I mean, that's 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 it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Is there are some things that you move forward on, and there's some things you hold on to because there's a reason to hold on to it. Well, I, I think that one of the great luxuries for people that watch sports, and this men women doesn't matter. It, it's a soap opera, 
right? Once you know the characters, you're hooked. This is how it works, right? You, and then you start building on it, and new people come in and out, new relationships and everything else. That's what sports is in general, is just basically a continuous soap opera uh, with new characters. And uh, so, yeah, you sort of hang on to the history of things, but you're open to new ideas. Well, and you, th- you talk about what Jeff brought up with Trevor Bauer and, and his reactions and how he is on the field. Okay, what if you then have a guy who the next night shows no emotion? as he's mowing guys down. Right. Like, that messes with the opposition because it does create variety. That's the beauty of it, is not everyone has to be talking and aggressive. They can be quiet killers mm-hmm. out there on the court or on the on the field. And that's what makes it really cool is when you have that disparity, that this guy doesn't say a word. I mean, maybe he doesn't get the attention he deserves, like a Tim Duncan but he also gets yeah. the respect of everybody that he never said a word that we know of, even though, as you learn the <laughs> stories later, oh, yeah, he was saying a lot of words. You just didn't hear him. All right. What is going on out there? I'm watching this. I am I know you're a golf guy. Uh, what do you think? Can Phil do this? He's got a three-shot lead right now. Yeah, he can He can do a lot of things. He can go lower or Two he, can, bl- or he yeah. can blow up. Well, he's not blowing up right now. Oof. Well, we, we will see. I'll get to that in one moment. But first, we do have NBA playoff action. Game one in the East with Milwaukee hosting Miami. The Bucks, the three seed. The Heat, the six seed. And right now, Milwaukee a 62-57 lead. 8-13 to play in the third quarter of that contest. The Bucks being led on the score sheet by Chris Middleton. He has 15 points. 15 also for Giannis. Another 13 coming from Brooke Lopez as they're getting big production out of their starters. Major League Baseball, one game going down on the field at Yankee Stadium. You mentioned the Chicago White Sox. They're playing right now. They're not playing well. New York, a 6-0 lead over the White Sox. That game into the seventh inning, only four hits for Chicago in this game. Mike Ford extended the lead with a solo home run in the sixth inning. And the PGA Championship, Phil Mickelson sitting at seven under par through three holes. Two shots ahead of Brooks Kepka, who's five under through five, and then... Three shots off the page. You'll find Hideki Matsuyama, Louis Oosthuizen, and Brendan Grace. But, yeah, Phil playing well right now. It's a penal course, so we will see uh, exactly how well he can continue. Like, like Ralph, I got to tell you, Jeff. So I talked to Ralph because he's a big golf guy. I love golf as well. And he's like, you know, watch Phil. He's going to blow up today. He's going to blow up. He's, he's going to be good. Is that, is, that, is that like what – I mean, I didn't know Phil was known for – I thought after I thought that's kind of over now that he's won a bunch of majors. Well, no, no but I mean, but, but as he's, he's got, fifty years old. As he's know? gotten older, he yeah. plays really well Thursday, Friday, and then his body catches uh, up with him, so and he it, it, it's like how Tom Brady can't win night games till the playoffs. That was the joke, right? His past his bedtime forever. This is for Phil. It's like his energy level just. Isn't he, isn't he like probably like isn't he like isn't he repping some supplement company or something that feels like something Phil would do? He actually looks in better shape now than he did let's say five years ago. By the way, he just parred the fourth hole, so he maintains his two shot lead. So uh, no, I mean look, uh, Ralph's right. I mean the last couple of years he really hasn't made any serious run at any major. He appears to be what he is, a guy that is fifty years old. I mean there's usually a shelf life on whether you can be competitive best against the best young golfers. But right now things are rolling for Phil. All right, Ralph, we'll hear from you a little bit later on. Uh, We're talking a little baseball right now because uh, if you don't know this about Jeff Schwartz, he's a big Giants fan. Uh, Last night, hell of a pitcher's duel. Alex Wood, the former Dodger, 
who was undefeated for the Giants. Like, where did this happen? Alex Wood, um, he loses a heartbreaker to Trevor Bauer, 2-1. to one. Dodgers win this game. So the Giants now are tied with the Padres, who have won seven straight games. The Dodgers have won five in a row, three best records in the National League, all these California teams. By the way, we talked about how important a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr. is to Major League Baseball. They sort of banked on this kid. In the last four games, he has raised his batting average from 218 to 279. Like all of a sudden, Fernando Tatis Jr., who had this extended layout because he tested positive for COVID, couple games back, he is on absolute fire right now. But how much does this do for you? I mean, you're a Giants fan. You had no expectations for this Giants team. Now they're in the mix with two teams that everyone thought would be in the mix, the Dodgers and the Padres. How much excitement does this create for you right now, Jeff? I, I tweet out the other day, man, I've had so much fun watching baseball this year uh, just because my team is good, which I feel like in all sports, right, we like it more when sure. our team is good. But baseball feels like the sport where if your team is bad – Again, it's tough to watch in general, and then when they're bad, it's just even worse. It's like an eternity. It's so many games, and we haven't even got to dog days yet of summer when the games just feel even longer than usual, and they're so hot. And so, yeah, it's been enjoyable. Obviously, this series will not determine much, but it will kind of tell the the Giants, I think, who are for real. I think if you look at their starting pitching and their advanced stats uh, when it comes to uh, their ability at the plate, um, they're they're doing a good job as a team. Their their run differential is good. Like, they're not a fluke. Uh, But, again, the Dodgers are going to be good. The Padres have played a lot of good baseball. So, yeah, I would love to win today and win tomorrow and take the series, but we have – I think we're back with the Dodgers next weekend as well. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of games against the Dodgers coming up, and uh, I'm I'm enjoying the ride so far. We weren't supposed to be here, so this is like a bonus year. Now um, there's one whack stat this year in baseball, that's for sure: six no hitters. I mean, we've never had more than seven no hitters in a season. And by the way, the six no hitters doesn't count Madison Bumgarner's yep, seven inning no yeah, hitter, yeah. which is not considered an official no hitter because he didn't go nine innings. That's one percent of every game played this year has been a no hitter, which is just a ridiculous number yeah. i mean we're on pace for what 20 no hitters this year does that cheapen it at all i mean it's uh, we, we i mean back-to-back nights we had no hitters yeah. and you're just like wow you have you know the pitcher gets the last out the catcher comes running out you know big bear hug everyone jumps up and down like kids and everything else but if you got a no hitter like one a week <laughs> i mean, I mean it does was- it sort of take away from like the prestige of pitching a no hitter the other morning when I woke up and I saw the, the no-hitter, I was like, oh, wait, the same one is still trending on Twitter? And I was like, mm-hmm. nope, that was a different one. Uh, it was a Tigers pitcher this time. Uh, I mean, does it does it cheapen it? Not really, I think. I, I mean, it's still a, a very difficult feat. I mean, look, it's why, you know, perfect games are hard. It's just, it's hard, man. It's hard to, to not allow it hit through 27 outs. Uh, it could be obviously more than 27 batters. It's hard to be perfect. That's why it's called a perfect game, right? We right. saw what a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, catcher dropped a, a third strike and that's why there was not a perfect game. Only been 21 perfect games. Yeah, that's why in it's, over a hundred years. It's so hard to do. So yeah, I don't think it cheapens it. I mean, it just tells you that where, where baseball's at as far as uh, hitting right now, it's just not, it's not good. Right. And I, and well, everyone's swinging for the fences. It only makes sense with more and more guys striking out and not just trying to get a base hit that you're going to have more no-hitter opportunities. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I do think that Major League Baseball has 
made the balls back to what they used to be. Mm-hmm. I think last year, a couple last years, it, it was very clear the ball, mm-hmm. ever, whatever the word they want to use, juiced, they messed with the seams, whatever they did, I think kind of gave a, a couple a couple more feet on those home runs. Right? I mean, it just, it just helped a little bit. The scoring tolls were really up. I feel like this year they've gone back to just what the baseball used to be. And um, that's what we're getting. You know, we're getting that combination of teams uh, no, not hitting, um, you know, trying to to hit extra bases, hit home runs, and we're getting a bunch of no hitters. It doesn't cheapen it for me. Does it? Does it for you? No, a no hitter's a no hitter. Yeah, it's pretty. I cool. mean, it is a very cool thing, and I just I always love the reaction at the end of a no hitter because you know the players are all on pins and needles. Like, can he do this? Can he do this? And when it actually happens, you see all that excitement. I absolutely love it. All right, we're gonna flip gears again. We've been talking NBA. We got some Major League Baseball. I want to get to an NFL story that's brewing on the other side, Jeff, and that is Julio Jones. Which team will he end up with? Will the Falcons trade him? And what would be the best fit for Julio Jones? We'll discuss coming up next. Oh, going pretenders. Wow. John Ramos. Chrissy Hine. Yeah, that's old school. Like it. All right, here we are. Steve Hartman and Jeff Schwartz. All right, Jeff, we know a wide receiver can make an impact I think it's safe to say that Stefan Diggs made a major impact for the Bills offense a year ago. We remember a seemingly has-been Randy Moss with the Raiders being dealt for a couple of middle-round picks to the New England Patriots, and then he rewrites the record books since Tom Brady is throwing in the ball. Julio Jones is an immensely talented receiver. He has had already arguably a Hall of Fame career, and now all of a sudden he's on the block. So when you hear... Teams like the 49ers, the Colts, Chargers, and, of course, we have Lita yeah. Lapp, our famous Packer fan. Do you, do you, let me ask you this. If the Packers made a deal to get Julio Jones, do you think that Aaron Rodgers would leave Hawaii right now and come running back quick? I, I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, Probably, but it feels very unpacker-like to go get Julio Jones. The, my favorite thing this week, NFL-wise, we'll get to Tebow in a second, but besides that was I saw someone tweet out a proposed tweet for Rodgers uh, with the Broncos, and it had – them training for Jerry Judy as part of the, the, the and I was like the right. Packers refuse to give help Aaron Rodgers, but then are going to trade for Jerry Judy for Jordan Love. How ironic would would uh, would that be? I mean that that yes, if he were to go to Green Bay, that would be a place um, that I think Rodgers would definitely welcome him. The question I have with all of this is, what are the Falcons doing? So let's talk about their draft, right? Right. They had an opportunity to draft Justin Fields at four and yep. passed on that uh, for Kyle Pitts. Okay. With well, that idea is that at least we thought conventional wisdom. Hey, they believe in Matt Ryan. They mm-hmm. believe he's their guy for gas not, left in the tank. couple of years. Right. I think he does. Arthur Smith, new coach, came from Tennessee. We saw what he did with Ryan Tannehill. Now you add Matt Ryan, who is not as good of a runner and mobile, but better arm than Ryan Tannehill. You add him in the dome. All the weapons they have. Offensive line is not half bad. You add Kyle Pitts, and boom. They are ready to roll. Well, training Julio Jones would signify that uh, maybe we're not going for it this year. Right. Right. Which is so, I, I don't know what their plan is because if you're going for it, then you're keeping Julio Jones. If you're not going for it, then why'd you draft Kyle Pitts? 
Well, and what doesn't make sense here, so, and apparently all signs are they desperately want to get rid of him. He's guaranteed $15.3 which is a substantial nut for a wide receiver. But whoever they trade him to, they're not going to pick up that entire salary. That's going to be part of the deal that somehow the Falcons are going to be part of that. All right, so when I talk about the favorite right now is the 49ers. You got the Colts, the Chargers, the Ravens, the Patriots, the Titans. We mentioned the Packers. I mean, Packers aside, where where do you think – I mean, if he went to the 49ers. Oh. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about right now with the oh, 49ers cool. if they had Julio Jones? That would be incredible. That offense with Shanahan, that mm-hmm. would be incredible. I, I think that – Reunited, by the way, with Kyle Shanahan, obviously. I, I, I think that the um, mm. the best the, – the, the team that desperately needs him the most mm-hmm. out of those you mentioned is the Colts, right? Right. With with needing uh, you know, weapons for Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. they address their offensive line. Hopefully, Eric Fisher can come back sooner or later. But they're kind of like set right there at, at those other positions. But it's they're still missing that playmaker wide receiver. And if you want to give Wentz the best opportunity to succeed, that's one way to do it. Right is to bring in Julio Jones. Again, though, it doesn't feel like the Colts' way to trade for an older, aging wide receiver who's worth a lot of money. And now they have plenty of cap rooms. So that's not really the concern with the money, but it's not really what Chris Ballard has done in the past. But I think that if you're looking at need and Julio just to fill that need, it's not the 49ers number one on that list. It's not the Packers, definitely not the Chargers. It's the Colts. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at Julio Jones's numbers. What a career this guy has had. I mean, he's, he's going to be I mean, and again, 32 years of age. He's definitely on the downside of his career, yeah, but he's, he's far older. from done. I mean, again, if he's got the right dynamic with the right quarterback, he can get it done. All right. You mentioned just briefly about Tim Tebow. What exactly is going on right now with Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars? We're going to tell you coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Yeah, rolling along on this Saturday. Harbin and Schwartz with you. Again, keeping our eye on Phil Mickelson right now. Three-shot lead. Third round of the PGA Golf Championship. Trying to become the oldest golfer ever to win a major. He's got another birdie putt attempt here. And number six, man, he is just hitting the ball real well. Real well. Talking about all the obstacles on this golf course here, Jeff. I mean, narrow fairways, wind. Oh, it's not quite as windy today as was the first couple of days. So there were people out there that thought maybe there was a score to be had, and he has just rolled in another birdie. Phil Mickelson now has a four-shot lead at the PGA Championship, Jeff. Unbelievable. Brooks missed a a chip in to – Hello, Jeff. There he is. Yep. He missed a chip in, Kepka did to uh, yep. to go back to four, and then Phil just had a nice a nice second shot out the out the rough to get himself within this little chip in. He's playing some great. He's playing. He looks good. He looks thin. Look all yeah. tan. Everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at him. Yeah, he looks good. So that's a great. What was it? Ten footer. How how far was that? Part? Yeah, and that was right in the holes. I, so a I, four. He started the day tied for the lead. Now Phil's got a four shot lead. 
Yeah, it's continuing to play well while other <laughs> wow. twins are, other people are dropping back. So, uh, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun to watch uh, down the district. Matsuyama's uh, is only is four back as well. Uh, yeah, Matsuyama's big, uh, four back, Kepka's four win. back. But right now, the story is Phil Mickelson. Well, I mean, speaking of comebacks, and this would be obviously a big comeback for Phil, uh, nothing's bigger than this comeback for Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, and I, I don't even have to look this one up. I'm going to guess this is right, that no one has ever had a nine-year gap uh, in their NFL career, if he actually makes this Jacksonville there, team, uh, there was. I actually think that Doug Flutie had one. There was a big but he played in between. I mean, he played in the Canadian Football, right? But talking about NFL, okay, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I the last time I checked, uh, he hasn't been playing in any football leagues in his absence. No, uh, he has not. That is correct. <laughs> so uh, we're in uncharted territory right now. Let me ask you this about this whole Tebow deal, because, look, he's he's a very polarizing guy, and he always has been that. Uh, and by the way, you're right. It was a nine-year gap uh, for Flutie played in 89 and then returned in 98 with, by the way, a Pro Bowl season with the Buffalo Bills. But in between, of course, he was winning Grey Cups there in the Canadian Football League. But when you look at Tim Tebow, do you look at him as just a guy that just is desperate for attention, has to find a way to keep his name in the news, or is he just an insanely competitive All athlete right. and, who is constantly looking for that next challenge, and because his former college coach has given him the opportunity, he's going to make the most of it? Is it look, just about attention, or is it about his competitiveness? Look, he, he, enough with the competitive stuff. I'm, I'm not just talking about you. you I know you're setting up a, t- a radio segment, so I'm not going to. But, like, enough of this, like, he's highly – we're all highly competitive, okay? You'll get the NFL unless you're highly competitive. So enough with that that nonsense about how competitive he is. Um, I just think he he really hasn't found um, kind of not what to do after sports are done, but how to um, kind of be done with sports, right? Like, it, it's really hard when you've played sports your entire life to be okay being done – professional sports right because you know for a lot of guys it's what they've done their entire life it gives them purpose it's who they are you know when you say you know when you say tim tebow you know you obviously you might think about his charitable work or what you know what he's done in in the community um what he's done for his church all those things you might think of but the number one thing you think of first right is the outstanding cultural player he was which again he might be a terrible pro, but he, that does not take away from what he did in college. Right. Outstanding, phenomenal college quarterback. Beloved, right, in the state of Florida. Um, and so you're in the football first. And when you're when you're done playing sports, you know, yes, people still think of you, but you're kind of done, right? You're done. You're the locker room. You're done with that. Like Everything about, you know, the training and the preparation and being with your buddies, that's all done. And I feel like you just can't let it go. Because look, if 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 my friend was in Tebow's situation, I'd be like, "Bro, it, it's done, man. It's done. You're, you're done playing. You're done. You're done." And Urban Meyer was like, "All right, cool. Just 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 come along." And here's I want to make this this point very clear. Okay, the reason why quote unquote people hate on Tim Tebow. It's not because of religion. Who seriously, people? Are we going to be? Are we really? Is that what we're? Well, saying? you can't say it, everybody. It's, There's it's, some that just think he's phony. Okay, but but that's not really because of his religion. I just think he's a little phony. Um, is is the people that defend him defend him in an irrational way that's not at all well aligned with how his actual NFL career went? 
He started 16 games in three years. That's what he did. He won a game, Steve, completing two whole passes the entire game. Yeah. All right? He was not a good NFL quarterback. If we were honest about his ability to play professional football, not college football, professional football. If we were honest about what he did in the minor leagues, which was he didn't he didn't do good in the minor leagues. Sandy Alderson, the Mets GM at the time, said we hired him for publicity. Okay? He he didn't deserve to be in AAA. If we were just honest about what his pro career was in the NFL, what his career in minor league baseball was, then this conversation would be a lot easier. And a lot of us, like me, wouldn't push back on the people saying, oh, he's an insane competitor. He's a great locker room guy. Guys, do you think Trevor Lawrence really cares that Tim Tebow's in the locker room? Like, is he going to be a better football player? No, he's not going to be a better football player because Tim Tebow's there. Oh, he's going to instill Urban's culture. Guys, he hasn't played with Urban since 2009. Yeah. 2009. What, what is it? Col- Urban coached an entire, you know, he made like a Hall of Fame career just Ohio State when he was there. Like the idea that team, all these things are just, they're just not true. Okay. None of that's true. And so that's why the signing to a lot of us is like, what are we doing, Urban? Why are we bringing him on the team? You know, you draft Travis Etienne and you say, he's going to be a third down back for us. That was very odd. You draft him in the first round. Then you go to minicamp, and I get it. Trevor Lawrence can't hand passes off, okay? I mean, excuse me, can't hand the ball up because he's, he's still hurt. And you say, oh, Travis Etienne's playing wide receiver because, um, you know, the worst-case scenario would just be a, a running back who can catch the football. What? I mean, yeah, all right, running back's kind of hard in the NFL. Like, you kind of have to, like, learn how to still do it and protections and where, where to run and what schemes and who's in the box and the safeties, like – you know, playing a, a, a running back, a wide receiver for three days, even though it's small, eh, Andy Reid's not doing that, right? He didn't draft Claude Edwards-Hilaire and say, hey, rookie minicamp, guess what, guys? He's only doing wide receiver. No, he played running back, right? Um, I just kind of look at what the best coaches do, and if, you know, you don't always have to do that, but I, I don't hear Bill Belichick drafting a running back in the first round and Sony Michelle and going, you know what? We're going to put a wide receiver for rookie minicamp. No, they all play running back because that's their position. Um and so these like things add up and like this, you know, the Chris Doyle thing, right? The former Iowa strength coach, he tried to hire him 24 hours later, he resigned, fired. Does everybody know what he's doing in the NFL? Guys, before you answer that, Steve, anyone who's going to listen right now, again, I mentioned this with Tebow. The NFL is not college football, okay? It's not. So stop saying he was good in college and that that's not the NFL, right? It's a whole different game. The ball is even different, okay? We we don't say this often with college basketball coaches, right? Why would we say this with college football coaches? He might be great in the NFL. We don't know. He was very good in college. I get that. But he does, he's not recruiting every five-star here. I got to see what he's going to do this season to really tell you if he's going to be the best coach of all time or just be a bum like other coaches are in the NFL. But the idea that he's just automatically, everything he does is unquestionable because he was good in college, this ain't the college game. All right. Now let me let me remind you about who we're talking about here. So Urban Meyer, Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, Ohio State, 17 years as a college coach, averaged 11 wins a season. His Great worst, college coach. His worst season ever was 9-4. and four. The reason I'm bringing this up is the only time I ever did an interview with Urban Meyer was after his first season at Ohio State where he took over a team that was a 500 team in the midst of a, you know, being on probation. They had nothing to play for his first year. They couldn't even play in the Big Ten championship game. 
and they go 12 and 0. Here's one thing I know about Urban Meyer. If there's one guy that really believes in Urban Meyer, it's Urban Meyer. I also asked him because this was after that 2012 season where Tebow had gone to the Jets and just never really played, even though a lot of Jets fans were screaming because suddenly Mark Sanchez was going off the cliff and a lot of people thought, hey, why why don't you give Tebow a shot? He never really got that opportunity. So I remember interviewing Urban Meyer, and I'm asking him, you know, Coach, here's the thing I don't get. In four years at Florida, looking at Tim Tebow's passing numbers, in four years he completed 66.4% of his passes – with 88 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. Now, for a guy who literally looks like at the NFL level that he can't throw the ball straight, how is it possible over four years you had him completing 66% of his passes? And his answer was because they don't know how to use him. That was his argument. That was 2012. That's the last time we saw Tim Tebow in the NFL. So the idea that... Urban Meyer, this signing doesn't make any sense. And it would obviously make sense to anybody else because anyone else could look at Tim Tebow and saying, there is no future in the NFL for this guy. This is twofold. One is that you've got Urban Meyer. No matter how many doubters there are about Urban Meyer's ability to do at this next level, one doubter is not Urban Meyer. He honestly believes he is the greatest coach on the planet. Well, and good. he used he, it he as should have and, confidence. And 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 he says, look what I did with Tim Tebow. He was one of the highest-ranked passing efficiency quarterbacks every year that I had him at Florida, and the NFL ruined this guy. They never knew how to use him. He's not even playing quarterback. Well, but he – who knows? He might use him in a wildcat. Maybe he's got a – he could have a multitude items. If he takes a single rep away – from Trevor Lawrence right. to play Tim Tebow at running back. He should be fired immediately. Well, but he won't be fired because he's been handed the keys. They are they are gutting that organization. What do they have to lose in Jacksonville, right? It's not like they have some storied history in Jacksonville. And you got a local legend in Urban Meyer. Look, they're rolling the dice. I agree with you. I look at what's happening so far, and it spells train wreck in Jacksonville. But don't tell that to Urban Meyer. He should be confident. Look, I'm fine with his confidence. I'm just saying that people are judging him based off what he did in college. That's not what the NFL game is about, right? You have to transition. And so far, the things he has said and done don't make me think he knows what he's doing. Now, obviously, we have an entire season. Trevor Lawrence might be a big part of why he's successful. We'll obviously find out. I think Trevor will be a great NFL player. Um, But, you know, bringing Tim Tebow in, Again, he put out a they put out a press release yeah. with a statement from the fourth string tight end. And people are like, what's the big deal about this? I go, well, that's is. You know, what other fourth string tight end puts out statements when they sign? What other fourth string tight end has cameras following around in practice? The idea that this is less distraction for for Trevor Lawrence is just not at all true. It's just not at all true, guys. There are going to be more cameras at practice now. There's going to be, like, entertainment tonight's going to be there. TMZ is going to be there. You're going to have entertainment people at your practice. Every day when Trevor Lawrence has to talk to the media, Steve, yeah. if you were a good journalist, mm-hmm. what, I'm not saying if you're not, you're not, but what would your first question be every day at practice 
with Trevor Lawrence and Tim Tebow's there. Well, I mean, you would ask Trevor Lawrence about any impact that maybe Tim Tebow's presence or has. And, so you, every, and you might be, and by the way, you might be asking Tim Tebow, what do you think of Trevor Lawrence? So every single day, yes. Trevor Lawrence, instead of talking about how he's working with James Robinson or the offensive line mm-hmm. or Urban Meyer or the scheme or anyone else, it's it's or Marvin Jones who they signed, it's how was it with Tim Tebow? How was it with your four string tight end? Like that's that's not helpful for Trevor Lawrence. Well, I guys. don't know that, but if 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 there's some attention taken away from Trevor Lawrence, because obviously he'd be getting all the attention, but see, isn't that okay I, with a I, rookie quarterback that's got argue, a lot of pressure on him I, to begin with? I can make the argument that the pressure should be on Trevor Lawrence because that is the job he has been drafted to, to, to do, right? He's the number one overall pick. If he needs pressure off of him, maybe you chose the wrong guy. I'm not saying he does, by the way. I'm saying that the idea that you need to take pressure off of him, he was the one who stuck his neck out, along with Justin Fields, about playing in college football this season. If that guy needs any sort of distraction to help him, Maybe you drafted a different Trevor Lawrence. He does not seem like a guy to me who needs a distraction to prepare for the season. Plus, I would argue that everything you say and do should be about promoting Trevor Lawrence and not about selling Tim Tebow jerseys. I was in Carolina when Cam Newton got drafted. It would be very odd to me if they brought in a Tim Tebow and like Cam Newton, who's supposed to be the guy in Carolina, right? Who's supposed to, you know, who obviously we want. Phil just got another birdie, by the way. That's yeah, unbelievable. He almost nine. he almost made eagle. He on did. That he missed hole. it by about a, by about an inch. Like the idea that that they would have brought in someone to take the attention off Cam Newton. Uh, that's why you drafted number one. Like he's your dude. He's your franchise. You shouldn't have a poster of Jacksonville Jaguars, which I've seen so far with Etn with Etn. Lawrence and Tebow. Why is Tebow like that's my point, right? Like this is it's a complete circus. When Urban it, Meyer team. When Urban Meyer demands to come on the show, when Tim Tebow is named the NFL's comeback player of the year, I hope you're ready. That's all I can say, Jeff. I hope you're ready. You talk about gambling. Yeah. Uh well, go find some <laughs> go find some props on Tim Tebow under I, I bet one. Well, I didn't I I Well, what what sure are the that. odds right now of him just making the team? I, think I mean, like, I did see there were odds of him scoring a touchdown this yeah, year. Um, it depends on what book you're at. But, I mean, Tim Tebow, make the team. Yeah, something make, like that. And, and how about scoring a touchdown? I think there were odds I, on I that. I saw that. Um, let's see. I don't even know. You know, these some of these websites. Yeah, yeah, who knows? Plus 160 to what? What is that, Lee? What? No, no. Plus 160, yes, to what? Score a touchdown or make to, the team? To make the roster. To make the roster. Is, All right. Okay, can, can I give you the one actual – there's mm-hmm. actually a – um, well, hang on. Week. On the other side, yeah. I want to get to this okay. uh, because I, 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 by the way, I want to remind everyone for that. hot water that never runs out, go tankless with Navian. Navian tankless water heaters provide endless hot water for spa like comfort. Visit tanklessmadesimple.com and save hundreds with local rebates. Tanklessmadesimple.com. Schwartz is on fire right now. He is absolutely making it clear a total disservice to the National Football League is being made by Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow. More coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz. Again, uh, Phil Mickelson, four-shot lead. By the way, if you've been watching this tournament down there at Kiowa, down there, the island in South Carolina, they've been allowing about 10,000 fans in every day, and nobody, I mean nobody, is wearing a mask. None. Zero. Look at all these shots right now. There, yeah. nobody is. Look at I mean, look at they're showing a crowd shot right there. I All saw. there isn't one person wearing a mask. It's a lot different in uh, South Carolina. My wife's in Amelia Island right now, right mm-hmm. in Florida. Uh, I mean, look, North Carolina we, mm-hmm. mask mandate's over. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that no one's wearing a mask in South Carolina. I, I'm just very glad. I've noticed it the most so far in the hockey playoffs mm-hmm. that fans are back, man. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. It is. It is. I keep referencing this, the football season that, that's upcoming, how crazy it's going to be. But, man, it is so nice Ugh. to have fans, especially in hockey. It's By the way, uh, good hockey so far. you know, the next major in golf is the U.S. Open, which will be at Torrey Pines uh, in San Diego area. And it just so happens it's the weekend after what is anticipated to be the lifting of restrictions in California. That's ticketed for June 15th. June 15th. Yeah. Uh, Ralph Irvin just reminded me, though, the USGA – um, cannot accommodate tens of thousands of fans. They can't build the infrastructure necessary to have that many people all show up at Torrey Pines because it's not Torrey Pines. USGA is setting up these courses when you have a U.S. Open. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, again, restrictions as far as mask face. 
I, I, I absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I'm going to get a chance to uh, sample it a little bit uh, over the couple of days, at least first couple of rounds. Yeah, uh, I went to the PGA Championship in Charlotte a couple of years ago. It was a ton of fun. Oh, I've, I've been, a, I've been, I've been a best. major. Absolutely. Oh yeah, when you get out there early. So anyway, keep in mind that uh, Phil, by the way, has got a short putt right now. Par on his last 16 holes, he has nine birdies. Otherwise, a clean card. And he's going to try to keep that streak going on right now, and he has made it again. So he still maintains that four-shot lead. All right, we were talking about the Tebow situation, which has really struck a chord with Jeff today. Um, Lee, uh, we were talking about some odds uh, where you can make some money on Tebow showing up, doing certain things. Give give us some of these uh, numbers for Jeff, because I want to hear where Jeff's going with this stuff. Well, what do you got, Lee? You bet. And this is big thanks to uh, Bernie Fratto, who's host of Straight Out of Vegas later sure. tonight on Fox Sports Radio. Yep. Tim Tebow, to score a touchdown, of course, this is receiving, rushing, or passing. Uh, to score a touchdown pays 5-1. to 5-1, to one, they'll score a touchdown no, this year. No touchdown is minus 800. And he also has an over-under of receiving yards. 19 and a half. And of course, this is all regular season. That's not 19 pre-season. and a half for the whole season? That is what yeah, I'm so, looking at. So, some <laughs> well, of these I mean, wagers. Wow. How many guys wa- have a whole season where they have 19 yards receiving? <laughs> wow. I mean, so, some of these wagers are basically the, the, the reason why it's tough to wager on them is a lot of them are basically like has to play week one action, right? So, if he doesn't make the team and you bet under 19 and a half yards, that's a canceled bet, right? right? He has to make the team. That has to be action in week one. Can I parlay uh, the whole thing about making a team to over on the yards and that touchdown? Can you I probably do that? can't put them all together? Yeah. Um, but also, oh, you see, you see, he's going to make the team over touchdown, over receiving yards. So here's why he make the team. It's not going to be untalentable. It's not going to be untalented because look, God, I'm just telling you guys. He's in the preseason, and he's going to have a target on his back. All these young cats in these preseason games, they're going to go after him so hard because they want to be, uh, you know, in the highlight reels. They want to be on. They want to be the one the cameras are looking at. They want to knock they're, him out. They're going to go after Tebow so hard. He's a big he's, guy, man. He, he's, he's not ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the the reason that I've come up with that makes the most sense. Okay, it's the NFL pension plan. I brought this up two weeks ago when we were doing the show together. Um, and it feels like this is the only way to explain this. So in the NFL, your pension plan kicks in uh, essentially uh, after four years. And so the way it works is three games on a roster equals one season. And that includes injured reserve. So if you're on injured reserve for an entire season, that counts toward pension. But if you're on injured reserve for 10 games and you're on the roster for six, it doesn't matter. So Tebow, even though he's was drafted in 2010, only has three accredited seasons, right? 2010, 2011, 2012. He was in camp with New England and with Philly, and both did not make it out of camp. So those do not count toward pension. So he needs three games this season on the roster, including what would be injured reserve as well, to get the NFL pension plan. Now, I don't know. I've my, I've played eight years. My pension plan is would be better than Tebow's after four years. I mean, it's not like the greatest pension ever. I, I don't know why they would go through all of this to get him his NFL pension, but it's definitely possible. I mean, I, I otherwise, I, I, I just don't get it. Nothing, not, there's no football reason for this. Well, here's uh, you. You talk about money, and I saw this uh, report also about the financial windfall for Tim Tebow if he just makes the team. Okay, so right now his estimated net worth is about five million dollars. You know, he's had some activities out there. By the way, he's also married to a Miss Universe, but they said that he could double that. 
endorsement deals, EA Sports, Nike, Jock, all kinds of deals could come his way if he gets back out on the field and the attention he would draw to any product. And he's he's a marketing tool. He understands the marketing aspect of things. So not only about the pension situation, but if you're trying to sort of help out Tim Tebow, as apparently Urban Meyer is not adverse to doing, you could do that considerably. So even if he's out there as a fourth string tight end, he could double his net worth with just a single season, just putting on an NFL uniform for one season. So that's and again, these are finance people putting an estimate of how much this could be worth to Tebow if he just makes the team. I guess the question is like. In what? In, where is he getting this extra money from? Because it's not for, it's not for making the roster. His his contract is is for the minimum. Um, like who who's marketing the guy who doesn't play? Well, I, I, it's again he's Tim Tebow. I mean, I, I think you're still underestimating the impact of Tim. The fact that we are in, in even the, talking the mar- about Tim market, Tebow right yeah, now. He's not making any money off of us, Mark, talking about But if him. he gets back um, into the NFL, it becomes suddenly a comeback story. And much as we had this sure, entire conversation but, of why people are so intrigued by Tim Tebow, nine years after the fact, suddenly trying to make it back in the NFL, shows you that the name still has marketing power. Most of us are laughing at him, though. Yeah, but he's still a name that people discuss. All right, um, I, I, who knows? We didn't expect to go all Tebow today, but we might. All right, uh, right now let's find out what is trending. Let's bring back Ralph Irvin and Ralphie. Big day in the NBA today. We got baseball, and then we got the Phil Mickelson story. Yes, we do. We'll start in the NBA where Milwaukee has a 95-93 lead over Miami, 138 to play in the fourth quarter. A free throw makes it 96-93. Bucks are up, and Milwaukee getting scoring from the usual places. Chris Middleton leading the way, 24 points. Giannis, 22 points, 15 rebounds. How about Drew Holiday, 18 points, 10 rebounds in this contest and the Bucks with a 97-93 lead again 138 to play in the fourth quarter of this contest coming up next it'll be the Clippers hosting the Dallas Mavericks in the opener of their series final in for Major League Baseball the Yankees shut out the White Sox 7-0 Glaber Torres drove in four of those seven runs Right now, Colorado, a 3-0 lead over Arizona. That's in the fifth inning. Brendan Rodgers has a two-run single for the Rockies in this game. Baltimore, a 5-0 lead over the Washington Nationals. Ryan Mountcastle with a grand slam in the first inning of that contest. Houston up 2-0 over Texas, still in the first inning. Cleveland, a 2-0 lead over Minnesota in the second. Atlanta gets a home run from Ronald Acuna. They have a 2-0 lead over Pittsburgh in the second inning there. And at the PGA Championship, Phil Mickelson now at 9 under par through 8 holes, 4 under on the day. He is 4 shots ahead of a number of players. Hideki Matsuyama, Brandon Grace, Brooks Kepka, Louis Oosthuizen, all sitting at five under par. They're all through eight or nine holes on the golf course. So we'll keep an eye on that. As we set it back now, it is Steve Hartman and Jeff Schwartz. By the way, one quick note on this PGA, Ralph. We mentioned yes. these guys at five under, but they're right now only 14 golfers under par. 
yeah. in the field right now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like, you know, there's a, a ton of guys. There's no one at four under. There's one golfer at three under. So there's a little separation here. It's not like Phil's got, you know, 25 golfers knocking on the door behind him. So no, the question's going to be is how tough do they set it up on Sunday and mm-hmm. if it's going to be as brutal as uh, a lot of people have feared. Because right. Because the winds are supposed to turn. But, I mean, it'll be brutal for everybody. I mean, Correct. you know, I mean, if he just, you know, unless he has a complete catastrophe, if he could just sort of steady the ship, uh, he's going to have a golden opportunity. Still a lot of golf to be played today. But if he can hang on to any part of this lead and Uno's extended – uh, it's going to be a big story tomorrow. All right, uh, Ralph, thank you very much. All right, we have, we have just been uh, knee-deep in this <laughs> Tim Tebow situation. But that's okay. That's okay. But, it, again, it gets back, Jeff, to the whole idea that the passion you're talking about right now, about this Tebow and, you know, what, what it's doing to the NFL and how it's already hurting the credibility of Urban Meyer before he actually coaches his first NFL game – illustrates again what kind of marketing tool Tebow is. He just is, and I've said this before, during that six-game winning streak in 2011, Jeff, I tell you, I'm doing the national radio show here at Fox, Monday through Friday, and during that six weeks that they rattled off all the victories where he had these ridiculously bad passing numbers, but he'd run for a touchdown late here, and there were these all these comebacks, and T-bowing was the big thing, and SNL was doing T-bowing, and it was just everywhere. We would walk into studio for our show, and the lines were jammed before we walked in. I mean, seriously, it was Tebow, 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 Tebow. And you'd have a positive Tebow call, a negative, back and forth, back and forth. I have never seen anything like it. I've been in this business a long time. I have never seen anything like what Tebow did back in 2011. Ever. Ever. No athlete. So that's the whole point. And and also, you mentioned the fact that here you got Jacksonville and Tebow's in camp, and here's you got Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick, who obviously he seems to have unlimited marketing potential with his ability and his look and everything else. And everyone's going to be talking about Tim Tebow, but that also means everyone's going to be talking about Jacksonville. So suddenly the Jaguars getting Trevor Lawrence was great, and it got him a lot of publicity, but this whole Tebow thing has taken it to the next level. So How does Jacksonville get on the map? Well, one good way, apparently, is to add Tim Tebow to the roster. So there, I mean, there there are just so many marketing opportunities. I understand you're looking from the football standpoint, like this guy has no business, but that's not what they're looking at right now. They should be getting on the map for Trevor Lawrence, though. Like, that's my point is like, is the future of your franchise is, is Trevor Lawrence. He should be the guy who. All the attention is on as far as well. He will be for many years to come. This Tebow thing is going to be a one and done. Promise you. Yeah, he's not because he's not making the team. That's partly why. But um, but again, you know, I I just look at I look at other teams that have been successful with young quarterbacks, and what do they have? They don't have a circus around their team during training camp, right? Like, look, come on, like, did, did did Justin Herbert last year have a circus in Los Angeles? No. Like you know, I mean, like well, first of all, no one in LA even knows the Chargers exist. Well, that's also very true, but maybe that's a good thing. Like Trevor Lawrence could have just done his thing in Jacksonville. They had the smallest fan base in the NFL. 
No one paid them any attention. Of course, there'd be, you know, there'd be some, you know, there'd be the normal cameras there, but there wouldn't be intense. There would not be intense scrutiny on him, kind of be forgotten about in Jacksonville. You know, their, their win total is six and a half. Or if they win six or seven games, you know, whatever, not going to be that good the year. That, that division's pretty boring this year. Like, he could just been in the South by himself, forgotten about. It wouldn't be totally forgotten about, but in the grand scheme of everything that, that we talk about this year, not talked about very much. Now, again, Every single day, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars and Tim Tebow. That, to me, does not seem like something that successful organizations try to model themselves after. It's trying to get the most attention possible to, in the preseason. Well, and, and think back to when Tebow signed with New England, right? I remember thinking at the time, why is New England doing this? Why are they doing this? Remember, they were coming off... They, they hadn't won a, a Super Bowl in almost 10 years at that point, right? They People forget this. They won the three Super Bowls, and that was 10 more years before they won, you know, start of three more Super Bowls. You know, like, why are they doing this? But, you know, the thing about it was is that Belichick was such a master of somehow keeping him out of the spotlight. He was like an afterthought. And when he wouldn't adhere to what they were trying to do, which was convert him into an H-back or a tight end, they just cut him loose, and that was the end of it. Um I don't know. I think Jacksonville has a completely different strategy right now. Urban Meyer wants the spotlight. He really wants the spotlight. When you talk about a guy who is an attention monger, I think we underplay Urban Meyer. And so Urban Meyer is looking for any way to get the spotlight on his Jacksonville Jaguars. And they are definitely his team right now, his organization. And if bringing Tim Tebow suddenly, you know, he maybe he was maybe he didn't expect all this attention, but once it happened, he's like, hey, what? Remember how he kept guessing everybody that he hadn't actually signed Tebow, and he sort of let this linger for about a week. Is he signed? Is he not signed? He loves this stuff. Now, again, could this be a disaster? But maybe. But I would argue that I would argue that again, this is the the difference between college football. And the NFL, sure. like college football, your head coach typically is the person who is the loudest, who the spotlight's is, is, on the, the spotlight coaches. is on them. Yeah, you know they represent the school, right? And the name of the school is mm-hmm. is, is is considered you know higher honor and high, and then maybe the name on the back of the jersey. In college is, right? sports, the coaches are the stars. But in the NFL, and I would argue the NFL, though obviously there are very good coaches. There's Hall of Fame coaches coaching right now. Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin will probably be in the Hall of Fame at some point too. Like, you know, there, so there's there, there's great but again, it's about it's not really about them, right? It's about the players. And and Urban is again, it's my point about it. I don't I'm not quite sure he gets it quite yet. Um and again, the reason why it's about the players is because we're, we're adults, right? We, we need, like, and have the attention of the coach seems to all when you're paying the player so much money, right? When, when we're the ones in the field doing the work. Again, I'm not dimin- you know, diminishing coaches. Well, maybe he's thinking of that, though, Jeff. Maybe he's thinking, I've got a quarterback here that's going to get a boatload of attention. And more people are talking about me and my craziness. And what am I doing here? Do I have any clue what it is in the NFL? And they're talking about Tim Tebow and all so this. Do you think Urban Meyer wants people to think he doesn't know what he's doing, so it takes pressure off Trevor Lawrence? I think he's trying to get attention off his quarterback. I don't think he wants people to think he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, but, I mean, like you said, you're, you're making an argument that he's heading down that path. But anything to get the attention off his young quarterback, yeah, I think – now, whether that's 
right or not, I don't know. This kid has had attention on him forever. <laughs> I mean, seriously, when is when has he not been in the spotlight? He's used to the spotlight, so I don't think he would shy away from it. Tebow or Lawrence? Or, I'm talking or, about Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, of course he would. I mean, I saw an interview with Trevor Lawrence where he had this, uh, you know, short hair and everything else. I thought it was a high school interview. It was his middle school interview. He was in eighth grade, and they were he, talking about him going to high school. He was already getting right, this kind of hype. Which is my which is part of my point, Steve. I don't think he needs a distraction. He doesn't need Tim Tebow. Maybe he do doesn't, but I mean, in the mind of Urban Meyer, that's that's where he's going with this right now. Put the attention on me right now, so that my young quarterback can develop on his own time. Well, have fun. I mean, he could be so wrong in this. I agree with you. Once the season begins, I guarantee you, game one, no one's going to be looking at Urban Meyer. They're all going to be looking at Trevor Lawrence. How's he doing out there? Um, so it could be misguided, but when you're talking about a coach who in 17 years as a college coach, his record on average was 11 and two. The worst season he ever had was nine and four. Um, guys, have got a pretty good track record. He does. And, and I bring up the point again, is that that's, that's obviously a college football track record, right? I mean, Chip Kelly was 47 and seven at Oregon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in three years he was fired in Philly and in one year in San Francisco was a dumpster fire. He was fired before the end of the season was even over. Yeah. But briefly in Philadelphia, a lot of people were buying into what he was doing. Right. And then, right. And then, and then I'll give you this is a great example. When, when, you have a coach who was, and he said at the time, right? I don't think he's ever shot away from this. I think he's different at UCLA now a little bit, but you know, it's scheme over players, right? My scheme, my X and O's, what I design is more important than players. Is that that idea sort of works when you're winning, right? Mm-hmm. But as soon as you start losing, players turn on you. And when you are an established coach or players kind of like your message, when you lose, you know, no one's turning on you, right? You understand that it's a rough year. You'll figure it out. We'll get back there next year. But the players turned on Chip Kelly, right? Everything he was doing, yeah, yeah. they're like, you know what? He's losing. We're, we're out now, right? I mean, look, what, he started 10-6 and six, two years in a row, 10-6, then had one bad year and was fired. That doesn't happen very often, right? You right. get the fourth year to figure it out. But players turn on him. So, you know, the, the, the same thing is possible with, with Urban where, you know, players are like, what is this? What's he doing? And, you know, they might come out and win a little bit early on. <laughs> And then eventually, when you stop winning, it's like why? Are, like they just they lose faith in their. All right. Coach. Well, he hasn't lost any games yet, so let's know, wait. Okay. On the other side, I want to get to this before we're out of here because we have such a brief show every time. I want to get some of your best plays for the first round of the playoffs. All right. Some of the best plays, according to Jeff Schwartz, as far as these first round series concerned in the NBA. We'll find out what they are coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. All right. um, I just want to mention here. Jeff Schwartz, I picked uh, Dallas to beat the uh, Clippers in this opening series. Yes. Uh, 14-6 Dallas early in this game. I I love it. uh, That was my pick. Uh, My upset special, take the Mavericks over the Clippers in their opening round series. But uh, very early in the first quarter, and Dallas is off to a good start, to say the least. Uh, I want to thank, wow, John Ramos. Uh, Such an honor to have a legend here, even though it's been misery uh, for his nine-hour shift. <laughs> when did your shift start, by the way? Uh, 8 o'clock this morning. 8 o'clock. So yeah. you're going to be here a long time, John. Three more hours ago, Steve. Love you and uh, all the <laughs> best to your Love family, you too, even though you're totally missing out on all the goodies with your family. <laughs> uh, Ralph Irvin, of course, is just magnificent, as he always is. And we love having Ralphie here. Uh, Lita Lap, by the way, wants to share a story here, Jeff, because we were talking about that Tebow run in 2011 where it was unlike any shows I'd ever done over six weeks where the lines were jammed. Lee, you were actually part of those broadcasts. That That is correct. That was my introduction to working in sports talk radio was answering or phone screening the Tim Tebow calls so, for, tell three, Jeff, for three how hours crazy straight. was it? It was it was unlike anything I've experienced. I mean, literally, since. as soon as we got a caller off to talk about T-Bow, lines were lighting up. I I quit, I thought about quitting immediately. <laughs> I, I'm surprised I'm still here. Honestly. He was like, "Are we only going to talk about one guy?" And guess what? We sort of did a little bit today, Jeff. See how that works with Tim Tebow? He's that kind of guy. Yeah, he's great for our business. He ain't great for the people in the locker room that have to deal with it. <laughs> he's great for me and you to talk about. Uh, we just got an hour on a non-football Sunday yeah. um, out of this. Uh, by the way, the uh, the Bucks and Heat are in overtime. Yes. Uh, Jimmy Butler with a great Giannis, which is the best defense I've ever seen. Um, and uh, that game is now tied at 102. With well, remember, this is a revenge series because last year Milwaukee was the one seed and no one thought the Heat would have a chance. I remember sitting here with Catino mm-hmm. Mo. 
Cap Mobley said before that series, watch, Miami is a nightmare matchup against Milwaukee. And he was right. The Heat won that series, of course, got to the finals. It's just um, – All right. It, go ahead. All right, so I want to get to this, Jeff, because you uh, – like you said, I mean, uh, one thing about Jeff, he, he does a lot of homework, folks, a lot of homework before he places a wager. So of these opening round series, I want to go through all of them, but they're – what do you think are some of the better plays in these opening round series as far as some decent money going the right way? I mean, just if you just want to like make money, I mean, there's a there's a scenario where you just you just take the nets at a lot of plus money and yeah. just and just you know, you just and, and not plus money. You have to wait, you have to lay a lot to just right. win and just you just know they're going to win this series, right? Um and that's a way to to go about that. Obviously, if they lose, then you're in you're in a, a lot of st- you know you're in a, uh-huh. a lot of trouble. But it feels like that's just well. I mean, would, should we say the same thing with the Lakers? I mean, I mean, these two are the two favorites, obviously, to get yeah, to the I'm NBA to find Finals. The Lakers, I'm trying to find the odds for the the, the series. Yeah, here. the Lakers the series, are prohibitive favorites against the Suns. I know that, even though they're a seven seed. But I also yeah. know they're the favorites to come out of the West. I, yeah, I I, I, I took the Lakers to win the title at plus four fifty. I I do think there is some some value in the Sixers at plus uh, mm. 300, I believe it really? is, to win the East. Wow. Just okay. with the way they play defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to be in every game, right? Now, if they can finish those games against the Nets is the question, but they're going to be in every one of them, right? Which is important because that because their defense. Again, I worry offensively if they can, at the end, finish the last five minutes of that game. But a plus 300, it's not a bad wager. Mm-hmm. And, and as I said, watch out for the Mavericks. Mavericks in this series series against the Clippers. That's all I'm saying. This is one series against the Clippers. The Clippers are always going to clipper. All right. Very, very good. Well, Jeff, uh, next week we're going to have you in studio with us. I can't wait. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 